Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>to the Superpod Hero Cast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 93. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? It's a pretty good catchphrase. Uh I like that and I like did you know that there's another one uh when he's on the bridge and I wrote it down. Yes. Weed is the it, weed of crime bears bitter, bitter fruit. fruit. Yes, yes. Is another I mean like <laughs> nothing say nothing but for his theatrics. I mean, come on. There there's a lot of like quasi eastern mysticism in here. I mean, the, like those are both, you know, those are both essentially fortune cookie. <laughs> Motives, right? Oh, like, dare you? Well, I mean, oh, no. Well, but so. No, we'll, I get what you're saying. It's just, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was super awkward in the beginning when I was like, "Oh, it's Amanda." Oh God, it's Alec. I forgot he's the dude. <laughs> well, okay. Listen, you're getting ahead of us. Uh, we can't yeah, before go there we yet. do anything else. Oh, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So I'm gonna do our, my best Alec Baldwin throughout the entire episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, okay. You could you could very easily substitute the Jack Donaghy Alec Baldwin in this movie. Actually, I kind of want to hear that now, like a fan cut of Jack Donaghy <laughs> replacing Lamont Cranston in the dialogue. I would kind of be down to watch that. You see, in poker as in business. The key to success is to determine your opponent's strength and, more importantly, his weaknesses. Everyone has a tell. 
a weakness of character that manifests itself physically. Why are you wearing a tuxedo? It's five o'clock, Lemon. What am I, a fireman? <laughs> it's five o'clock, Margo. That's right. Um, <laughs> so our dear friends, Joel and Carissa from Branching Out Bottle Shop, are back from their mm. Hawaii vacation. Uh, I got to see Carissa yesterday as I stopped over there for the beer. Um, mm-hmm. Probably one of the shortest trips in recent history. I walked in. I gave Barley some scratches. Yes, I walked do. down one aisle, and I think within 45 seconds, I had our beer. So yeah, our beer this evening is a Northeast brewery, not New York State, but uh, just a little bit down the road in Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, this is Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers. Uh, their little bio, uh, they were founded in 2011 by three brothers, Jack, Eric, and Sam Hendler. Jack's Abbey has become a mainstay of the craft brewing scene in the Northeast and nationwide. Uh, This beer, when I saw it, now I've actually seen this beer many times at Branching Out, um, and it's got a title that I'm like, that's going to come in handy eventually, and sure (laughs) enough, this was the perfect beer for our movie. So we are drinking their Black Lager Smoke and Dagger, because between the Shadows Smoke Effect and the Furba Animated Dagger... There's your movie. Now, pretty much, <laughs> and it, cocaine, and cocaine. Uh, well, uh, no, heroin. It it would be opium, right? I mean, it, it starts. No, I mean outside of yeah. the film. <laughs> well, you yeah, maybe they wanted to stay authentic. Who knows? Yeah. Now, uh, Jonathan Winters was talking awful fast. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Wainwright. Oh my God. Now the smoke and dagger black lager. Cloaked in mystery, this black lager is brewed with traditional old-world ingredients and cutting-edge lagering techniques, the perfect balance between old and new. It is 25 IBUs and 5.6 alcohol by volume. It's a 16-ounce can, which you know that I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's geek out for a second about the beer. This is very specifically a lager, and beers are generally one of two types, ales or lagers. The difference is lagers are made with yeast that ferments on the bottom of the beer mixture, and ales are made with yeast that ferments at the top. Um, I love the little blurb about (laughs) about uh, the beer, so I grabbed it. Over 200 years ago in Bavaria, lagers were first created by storing large casks in cool caves high in the Alps. Low temperatures Hmm. slowed the fermentation, while ales normally ferment for a week, Brewers were seeking fermentation times upwards of four to six weeks. This became known as lagering. The result of the lagering process created a smoother, crisper, more balanced beer. This radical change in taste and thinking pushed lagers to the forefront of Bavarian beer culture, surpassing the common ale and becoming the leading beer choice of the region, soon dominating all of Europe. So we will be drinking their black lager, which is cloaked in mystery. Cloaked in mystery, much like the shadow. <laughs> also, Jack's Abbey, uh, Jack Donaghy. Uh, hey, hey, oh, all right, wow. Alec Baldwin. Let's uh pour this mofo way ahead of you. <laughs> so, by appearance, it's it's um, well, it's boy, living it's up to its name, really dark. I mean, <laughs> I think I saw it described as an amber ale. I don't know that. Uh, if you hold it up to some that. light, it's got some amberness to it, but it's it's black. Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost looks like a uh, porter. Yeah, and I'm not mad about that. No. I love my porters. Oh, it's got a good smell. All right, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. 
Oh, damn, that's smooth. That is incredibly drinkable. Oh, no. Wait, what was the ABV on this? 5.6. So not you know, a little top end of a normal beer. So not too bad. Mildly crushable. Yeah. Uh, but once again, if you are in the greater Syracuse, New York area, you need to go check out Branching Out Bottle Shop. You will not find a better selection of beer or a greater uh, shop dog, Barley. Goddamn right. <laughs> Okay, uh, there were no almost casts that I could find. I think I think this is going to be the time frame when we're doing these mid to late 90s movies. Yep. It's going to be real hard to find almost casts. It didn't seem like into like 2000 and beyond is when they really started being like this person and this person and this person. Sure, sure. And to be fair, so. my assumption is, you know, the same process was happening, but it was probably not as well documented as, or accessible in terms of like what that process looked like right the same process of you know you you know running through different performers and who can we get and we like this person not so yeah Yeah, that is the same but we just don't know about it jesus what was it five years ago four or five years ago for the 25th anniversary of star trek the next generation someone found a piece of paper with all the different names of like who they were looking at for what parts and no kidding yeah, and there were some wild names on there. Like, um, well, originally they wanted Marina Sirtis to be uh, uh, Tasha Yar, and they wanted Denise Crosby to be um, Deanna Troy. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Mm. I don't, interesting. I don't now, know that would work. Casey, you, you've, you've referenced another uh, property with deep roots. If someone was... Very interested in Star Trek movies. Where could they where could they tune in to get a little more of that kind of behind the scenes? Well, there's a little podcast here on the Night Shift Radio Network called Where No Mom Has Gone Before, hosted by <laughs> Oh. Oh, I'm checking my notes here. Hang on. It says uh, uh, uh Oh, it's me. Oh, it's hey. me and my brother and our mother who introduced us to Star Trek at a very young age. So it's been a part of our lives forever. I mean, <laughs> Star Trek predates comic books, as far as I For you, can remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that like, was that your entry into kind of geek culture? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. I mean, maybe Batman was was there like the '66 Batman TV show. Yeah, at the same time because they both went into syndication around the same time. But like Star Trek was was the beginning. So. Uh, when this episode comes out, we will be into one of my favorite movies from the Star Trek franchise, Star Trek First Contact. Mm. Starring, uh, what's his name, James Cronin? No. Cromwell. Cromwell. Love him. Great, great actor. Yeah, that's awesome. And a, a longstanding um, Star Trek actor. He's played a, an alien. He played a human in past episodes, and he was a replacement for who the studio really wanted. And, um, yeah, you'll just have to listen to the episode to find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's called a tease. Now, Casey, we are not here to talk about Star Trek or moms. No. (laughs) No, neither in this movie. (laughs) But we are here to talk about my birthday pick. Yes. Let's get this out of the way. Happy (laughs) (laughs) birthday. So you referenced no... Uh, no almost cast. I do want to take a second to talk about the character's background, and that's sure. really why I picked this movie. So uh, you and I you had mean a proto-Batman? Yeah, you know, proto-superhero. He is among the earliest 
superheroes. But um, I mean, Bob Kane has said that uh, the shadow is um, a heavy influence into the original idea of Batman. And it makes sense traveling the world to become the superhero sure, coming back. The being idle, the billionaire, aloof. Playboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, All sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. So um, th- this character first appears in 1930. Now I'm, I'm going to read directly from the Wikipedia article that it's a, it's an interesting history. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm reading directly from the Wikipedia page to boost the sales of its detective story magazine street and Smith publications hired David Chrisman of the rough Roth. I'm sorry, Ruth Roth and Ryan advertising agency and writer director, William sweets to adapt the magazine's stories into a radio series. Again, 1930s, 1930 radio is King, right? Chrisman and Sweets thought the upcoming series should be narrated by a mysterious storyteller with a sinister voice and began (laughs) searching for a suitable name. One of the scriptwriters, Harry Engman Charlotte, suggested various possibilities such as the inspector or the sleuth. Charlotte then proposed the ideal name for the phantom announcer, the shadow. (laughs) Now, a year later, they realized that they've got something with this idea and they need to flesh Mm -hmm. it out. So they engage Walter Gibson, who is a prolific writer of actual pulp fiction, right? So the pulp fiction, meaning the stories that were published and the pulp refers to the cheap paper of the, of the magazines used at the time. Um, He creates the alter ego of Lamont Cranston, the background, his powers, all the mythos around it. Um, so 1931, you know, 1930 is the shadow as this announcer of the TV show. 1931, I would say the character is actually created. Put that in context. 1936, the Phantom is created, a movie I almost picked, uh, Mm -hmm. The Ghost Who Walks, um, which (laughs) growing up for me was a staple of the Sunday comics, right? Was the Phantom. Sure. I I love the shit out of the the movie yeah, too. It's it's great. Yeah, me it's too. Super me fun. Too. Super fun. Um, so 1931 is the shadow. 1936 is the phantom. 1936 is also the Green Hornet. Again, these Playboy crime fighters. And of course, 1939 is Batman. So uh, I thought it's interesting it, it, to go earlier than the shadow. You're really going to like the proto. Superheroes like mm-hmm. um, Doc Savage, um, John Carter of Mars, Tarzan, characters that certainly influence the genre, but I, I don't think we would call them superheroes. I would suggest that the Shadows probably our first real superhero of, yes. of any note. Um, and for that reason, I picked this movie as you know, the progenitor of a genre that I love and have spent my whole life in. Well, it's funny that you mention the Phantom because you mentioned that in the last episode that you almost chose it. I was like, didn't he team up with some people? Weren't they like like a a group? Well, uh, they were. Uh, It was the Phantom, Mandrake the Magician. Yep. And Flash. Ah! No way. Now that's interesting because Flash Gordon is not created by oh boy the there same oh all right oh, is that King Comics no what's it say King Watch? King's Watch is King's the name Watch. of the the group the King's Watch I was like oh shit so that's interesting so Alex Raymond created Flash Gordon um, 
The Phantom is not him. Um, I had in fact that. here's here's the Phantom and the Shadow. Yeah, and the Shadow, yeah. Kicking ass and taking names. I mean, uh, so Lee Falk is the creator of the Phantom as well as Mandrake mm-hmm. the Magician. I know that he created those two. Um, I mean, that's an exciting time. It's it's this. Uh, Again, it's really the birth of a genre, in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. But there's so many like set pieces that get reused. I mean, clearly the, um, you know, the the idle playboy billionaire, you know, who's doubles as a crime fighter. Um, Gee, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with that uh, story <laughs> setup. Uh, uh, even you know, even I think reflecting the. The, the the growing international view of the world stage and this almost um, magical reverence for the the East, the Orient, um, mm-hmm. you know, as the keeper of these kind of secret and ancient wisdoms. I mean, compare compare where we see uh, Ying Ko, the Lamont, Lamont Cranston's you know villainous alter ego. Um, uh, to where yeah. he starts, you know, compare that to even, you know, Batman Begins and where Bruce will end up in a secret kind of shadow monastery to learn these secrets. Um, mm-hmm. You see it time and time again, and, and it's just a fun... I, I, this is this movie, you can only watch it with popcorn and beer and just enjoy the sheer ridiculousness of it. I'll say that right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. Happy birthday. <laughs> okay. All right. Um okay, a couple of the other pedigrees. Actually pretty interesting. So, uh the movie is uh written by David Cup. He is a writer director. He wrote Jurassic Park. He wrote Carlito's Way in which Penelope Ann Miller also stars. Uh right. he wrote Mission Impossible. He wrote Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Ugh. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Ooh. Boy, that, that's just heading uh, down fast. Tom Cruise like, is the mummy. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh. <laughs> now, he also so he dir- did Crystal Skull and he was still allowed to write other things? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he also directed The Trigger Effect, Stir of Echoes. Um, Stir of Echoes. Uh, do you remember the movie from a couple years ago with Johnny Depp, The Big Bomb Mordecai? Where he was yes. just like almost foppish. Yes. Private investigator or something. Um, Wait, Johnny Depp play a foppish yeah, character? Yeah, I know, right? Shocking. Never. Uh, so, he, I mean, he's got some impressive credentials. You know, I would okay. certainly acknowledge mixed bag. Um, directed by Russell McKay, he, who is an Australian, gets his start in music videos, directs some TV. I know that him, makes- of course, as the director of one of the most delightful films of the 1980s, Highlander. Oh, it all becomes clear now. <laughs> I, I I get it. Okay. Um, okay. It's, in terms of money, this movie is a a you know clear flop. It had a forty million dollar budget, <laughs> no and shit. at the box office only did forty eight million dollars. Oh, yeah. And it's oh. a, a. I'm not sure if everyone shared. It's a 1994 release. Right. So. It, yeah, go ahead. So he had just, so wow, that's a busy time for David. What was the director, the Cup, writers? Uh, Cup, K O E P P. Because Jurassic Park was just a year before. Really? And then he also, he also wrote uh, the Jurassic Park 2 as well. 
Well, I mean, is he writing them or is he just adapting the books? Yeah. Well, more in the second one, he's adapting because, you know, <laughs> spoilers for the book. Uh, Ian Malcolm doesn't make it out of uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and, and just for context, that $40 million in 1994, um, $1.94 is the equivalent of about $1.88 today. So yeah. that would be about, uh, what, 76, just shy of $76 million today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the opening weekend of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe even the opening day. It I might even the opening day. Yeah, I just it, saw a headline that it broke another uh, record. I, I didn't look to see what it was. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's already the number eighth movie, uh, top grossing movie of all time. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh yeah, it, it'll be top five by For the time Tom Holland. It's done. How awesome! Um, and uh, I don't know. It's if good were... because you know our Uncharted comes out in a couple weeks, and well, Tom, don't don't expect the same returns. <laughs> <laughs> Video game movies are always great. What are you talking yeah, about? I'm sure he's going to be great in it. I love Tom Holland, but like you said, yeah. video game movies not always do so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I don't know if you recall from last time. Do you recall what the IMDb rating was for this movie? Uh, higher than I thought. Yeah, six point one out of ten. Okay, I will reserve my comments. So for we'll the reserve end. our comics for the end. Um, Anything else we want to dive into before we start talking about this delightful yes. romp? Oh, there was a there was a great episode of Batman the animated series. Stay with me. Okay, uh, called the Beware the Gray Ghost. I have a poster of it mm. right here. I fucking love it. Yep. Do you remember what the costume looked like? Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake! There we go. Yes, it's. Oh, who does that look like? Oh, it looks like the fucking shadow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was totally their their nod to. Without the shadow, we would not be here kind of thing. That's cool. I, I like it when uh, creators do stuff like that. That's awesome. And it was voiced by Adam West. Was it really? Yes, it was. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Kevin Conroy's talked about it because it was back. The way that show was done was like a radio play. If you had a scene with somebody, you were in this booth with them oh, to get wow. the That's back wild. and forth. So he's like, so, you know, I'm there recording and in walks Batman. No big deal. <laughs> it's normal that you think he's Batman because I think you're Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Oh, that's oh, wild. That's so cool. Okay. With that, let's, um, let's roll that film. We open in Camartage. <laughs> oh, wait. No, oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. We opened in some the fucking temple. I don't know where we are. Well, technically, we opened in opium fields <laughs> in Tibet, <laughs> right? It's very true. We opened in a shit ton of poppies. Yeah. Uh, you know, men, stern-looking men on horses kind of oversee workers in the field as a black mm. car approaches, uh, you know, the, the temple from the Golden Child, uh, the League of Shadows well, headquarters. Again, oh this this trope we get. No, hey, of, wait, hang on. <laughs> yeah. How what? dare you? The what? League of Shadows temple looked way cooler than this eh, piece of shit. Well, listen, you know, it's a How progression. It's a progression. Evolution. So, yeah, we've got uh, a real that guy actor mm. coming in. Um, Poe's father. Poe's father. <laughs> Exactly where it was going. Yeah. Most people know him as Post Father, but he's been in everything. I mean, the dude works, and I cannot. I'm trying to think of his name, and I can't. Uh, yeah, and it. Yeah, hang on. Uh, his name is James Hong. That James name Hong. probably yes. does not mean anything. The second you see him, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, literally, he's on the top list of oh that guy. Yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> out of curiosity, do you want to take a guess at how many IMDb film credits he has as an actor? He's got to be in triple digits, like 200. That's uh, less than half. 449. Good for you, James Hong. Is he still with us? Uh, yes. He was born Good. in 1929, so he's... Wow. He's, what, 93? Coming up on his 93rd birthday. His first acting credit... <laughs> take a guess at the year. Yeah, scroll way down. <laughs> I'm going to say... 1947 at 16. Kind of close. 1954. Okay. Good for him. Can you imagine? So he's, when I say he was born in 1929, so he's born the year before the shadow is created. (laughs) Maybe that's why they put him in here. Like, he probably grew up on the shadow. It's probably like a thing. Yeah, he he was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, so he's uh, American-born and raised. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's wild. Yeah. So yeah, he he's shown up and he's like, ah, you fucked me out of some money. He killed. Yeah, uh, yeah basically, he he killed three of this, uh, the master of this fortress's men. Uh oh. And uh, the master of this fortress is none other than the Mandarin. Yes. Yeah. Except it's like the MCU handled the Mandarin first time round, and it's just as offensive and weird. Um. Well, so. So so. After World War One, right? Right. After Which World is when War One takes place. Yeah. Isn't that uh, what's the the lost generation? Doesn't that refer to the American mm-hmm. emigrants? You know, who left? You know, wandered the world essentially. Um, yeah, I'm not saying this is not a real person, but it's certainly based on this idea that you know our men went to fight in World War Two, in World War One, and some of them chose not to return. They'd seen the horrors of war for the first time, and sure. it's like, well, everything's fucked. I Goodbye. Mean, how, yeah. how, uh-huh. how far? How far is this character from the the backstory of Brad Pitt's in Legends of the Fall? Right, like when he leaves. The horrors of the World War One battlefield, where his brother has died, he kind of loses himself in decadence, and he's in the Orient. You know, so again, there's a reason why these are tropes, and it's because there's a thread of truth to it. This is the point where I admit I've never seen Legends of the Fall. I think it's actually a, a an amazing movie. I, the only scene I've seen is he's I'm guessing back home, and he's arguing with someone. Probably his older brother. Up. And they knock over their mother, and then they start, like, just going at it. They're like, she's falling. She fell over. I'm like, I'm good. I don't I don't think this movie uh, is. You know what? And it may have just been, like, seeing a weird slice middle yeah. of the movie, being like, oh, okay, sure. If I remember correctly, it was one of Henry Thomas's first big roles as an adult. Post-ET. Yeah, like, as an adult. He's wonderful in it. Brad Pitt. Is wonderful. Uh, he's a leading man. I didn't man. know Henry Thomas was in it. You've piqued my interest. And of it's... course, Anthony Hopkins as the patriarch is. Oh. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I might. I might need to revisit this movie and, or, you know, see it for the first time. And the the older brother. I'm not going to remember his name, but you know who he is. Is it Jason Patrick? No, it is Aiden Quinn. Oh yeah, Aiden he, Quinn. Sure. Yeah. yeah a career and, going. What the fuck happened to him? Um, I don't know, but if you see him now, he does not look... He actually looks like... Uh, what's his name? 
um, the blonde Duke brother. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, right. he's yeah he holy cow. Um, Julia Ormond is in it. Aiden Quinn, mm. Anthony Hopkins, Henry Thomas. Uh, trying to see if there's any other names to jump. It, 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 it's really worth watching. It's a really really good movie. Cool. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. I might give it a chance. But again, it's the same idea. He is disillusioned or horrified at what he's seen on the battlefield <laughs> and does not go back home. Yeah. And that's essentially what Lamont Cranston did. He is known as Ying Ko, but he has essentially built a drug empire for himself in Tibet. Mm-hmm. The poppy fields are his. James Hong is Li Peng, another opium producer who did not take kindly to... Yinko's encroaching on his territory. If you kill me, I promise my brothers will come for you. And I promise you, I'll bury them beside you. So Li Peng grabs Wu, one of Yinko's, his like major domo, yeah. um, holds him hostage and says, Wu, you are a wonderful friend, like a father to me. Thank you, Yinko. He very importantly never says he's too important. Turns to his guards and like, she'll throw him. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's some dark shit. So, uh, um, what, can what we it, take it? Can we just take a second? Oh, yeah. Did you have a visceral reaction to Alec Baldwin's fingernails? Yes. The, uh, which was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, those showed up. And that's why I was like, oh, it's the Mandarin. Cause in the comics, the Mandarin has those kind of, Oh, yeah. Like talons almost. Talons, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, God, somebody get him a nail file. What the fuck? <laughs> and and maybe, and maybe are they painted or has he got some sort of like, isn't doing opium, doesn't that like crushing the poppy seeds, doesn't it give you? I don't know about that, but those are, they're definitely painted. I mean, they're a uniform color. No, it's like, oh, okay. no, it's like the, uh, the effect of the, you know. In the 90s, we would have called that metrosexual. Remember that That's stupid right. phrase? That's right. He's Instead got long like, yeah, hair. He, yeah, dudes like wearing makeup. Okay, what's the big fucking deal? Instead of that, he'd be like, well, I'm still straight, so I'm metrosexual. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You're a straight man who likes to wear makeup. Big fucking deal. That's where I'm um, at these days <laughs> with most anything. You like to do that thing? Great. Do that thing? Great, big fucking deal. This is the era where... Alec Baldwin is still a sex symbol movie star. Oh, but he's getting into uh, chub chub territory in this movie. Uh, he's he's stocky and hairy. Like he's always uh, been hairy, but like in a second yeah. when he when he's post uh, threesome, there he's he's doing his best Kylo Ren cosplay impression <laughs> with like the high band like yeah. waist like in the Last thing. Jedi. But yeah, sure. <laughs> It was just a weird choice in The Last Jedi because Adam Driver is in really good shape. Uh, sure. This was to hide his little tum-tum. Yeah. How old is Alec Baldwin when this movie comes out? I guess he's got to be, be like early 30s. 35 at the most. Yeah. Let's see. He's born in 58. So 60 to 90 would have been 30 plus another six. So, yeah, he's 36. All right. Yeah. Listen. For 36, he's doing fine. He's doing he's fine. Better than, he's in better shape than I am. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's, that's true. Like, that's do true. a couple... Of, if I knew I had to be shirtless in a movie, I, you kidding me? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd have a personal trainer be like, make this not look like this anymore. I would be spending a lot of time finding just the right body double for myself. Yes. <laughs> I, would, I would give that all of the attention that was, it exactly. was due. Exactly. We very quickly see that despite this empire over which he holds dominion, uh, he is not all powerful because in the middle of the night, he's awoken and actually attacked knocked unconscious and dragged out of his fortress. Nice continuity that the rest of this, I mean, it's not very long. We're not, Mm -hmm. we jump seven years for no, like a sad reason. I'm like, wait, spend time with the training. Uh, He's got like a crescent moon uh, from the, from the, whatever they hit him with, like the butt of the gun. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. He had it when they threw him down that he, I mean, it, all that scene is still that scene, but they took the time to give him some sort of marking. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, now he is brought into the temple from the Golden Child. Uh, with the knife from the Golden Child. <laughs> That's right. That's I, the I, fucked up I thing. want the knife. It's literally the same design. It's the sa- But it's like the same prop knife that they use in the Golden Child. And there's a fucking third movie, and I can't think of what it is. I wonder if that's a style of Tibetan knives. So it's... Um, I don't think it is. So it's, it, it's a... Almost like a um, like a four pieced uh, blade. Like instead of a a blade with two edges, it has four. Like a plus sign if you were to do a cross section. Um, yeah, the um, furba. Oh, okay. A furba. All right. Oh uh, yeah, that's a, a jaunty. D- yeah, and a jaunty dagger. So yeah. so in this movie, the dagger is called the furba, um, and, and that mm-hmm. is actually the name. Uh, Furba or Kila is a three-sided peg, stake, knife, or nail-like ritual implement traditionally associated with Indo-Tibetan Buddhism, Bon, and Indian Vedic traditions. So, okay. But, yeah, that, and actually some of them have, like, the whole um, demon head pommel. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm seeing them. Some of these are really fucking terrifying. Yeah, they really are. Holy Jesus. Cow. So when he gets stabbed with it in a minute, I, I guess I never really thought about that it's a tri-blade. Yeah. That had to fucking yeah. hurt. <laughs> it really it really did. Um, so he, he is, we are introduced to the Tulku, who is essentially like a holy man. Uh, the ancient one. Right. He um, And now he is in the form of a young, you know, teenager. And some real Reb Brown ADR going on yes. here. You know what evil lurks in the hearts of men. I think that's intentional. Oh. He's intended to be, he's a, you know, I, I take it like, like mysticism. Yeah, he's been yeah. reincarnated. This is the form he's in right now. And he's only been in this body for 15 years, but his spirit is, you know, old, old, old. Basically, the Tolku has, uh, has decided that he will essentially convert Yinko. Uh, his original name, Lamont Cranston, um, and turn him into a force for good. Lamont Cranston. You know my real name? Yes. You dropped your wallet on the battlefield. That's right. right. The dagger, the furba, essentially attacks Ying Ko. It is a literal knife fight. (laughs) It is a knife fight. (laughs) It is the forerunner of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Yandu's knife. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I would say a nice bit of storytelling. Like, all we know is that basically, for all of his worldly power, he is no match for the Tolku and, like, scene ends. 
Yeah, scene ends, and then for some reason we get a scrawl eight minutes into the fucking We do. (laughs) Because we already saw the shadow. The shadow was at the beginning before anything happened. So if it had been this that led into the shadow and then seven years later, I would have been like, okay, it's weird that it's here. But instead, the scroll leads us into seven years later. Uh Yeah, so the scroll says, The price of redemption for Cranston was to take up man's struggle against evil. The Tulku taught him to cloud men's minds, to fog their vision through force of concentration, leaving visible the only thing he can never hide, his shadow. Thus armed, Cranston returned to his homeland, that most wretched layer of villainy we know as... New York City. Uh Uh-huh. Center of the universe. Sing it, girl. Times are shitty. Casey. I'm sorry. Uh, there was one earlier when we were talking about where this beer company was. Yes. When you said Framingham, my little musical theater brain went. We've gone from Framingham to Boston and we cannot find a pin. That's from your favorite musical. 1776. Fuck that. Ugh. Oh, how Don't dare you? Don't know you know there is a war on, says a tradesman with a grin. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, now, where did we get the seven years? I actually wondered what the time interval was. Did it say it or did it? It clearly says seven years. It, later. Did it? <laughs> oh, yep. I swear to God, I did not see that. Maybe I was typing. Okay, you were you were probably typing down the scroll. Okay, and then hit play and yeah. got it. Okay, because uh, it's right there, and it's the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> They're gonna cement you some poor. It, it's the crow. It's the crow. It's totally it's the some, crow. This dude saw something he wasn't supposed to see, and this guy. Too. The cement shoes guy is a that guy actor. So let's say this right now. This movie is full of that guy actors. Like that guy and up and coming famous. Sure, people. sure. So the actor's <laughs> name is Sab Shimono. Oh, he was in. We haven't watched it yet. He's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three from nineteen ninety three. He's in Waterworld. He's one of the elders. Oh, what was the other one? I was just. Oh, now I've now I've lost it. But he's a he's a total that guy actor. If you if you see him, you'll recognize him. Oh, yeah, God, turtle, I can't. Turtles in fucking time. The gangster who's leading this crew. It's <laughs> another that guy actor. He is. I got real Stephen Root energy from that guy. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I've seen him play like a goofy character, but here he's he's fairly menacing, which is a gear that. Stephen Root does really well. You can watch some movie and you're like, oh, what a goofball. And then you watch the else like, holy shit, that man's going to murder my entire family. Uh, I was so pleasantly surprised when he popped up on this week's Book of Boba Fett. You mean last week's? Last week's? Oh, was it last week's? Last week. Yeah, because there was a new one today. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, we were weak behind. Uh, it's okay. You can be, you can be weak behind him. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm losing interest. I'm losing interest pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, Book of Boba Fett? Why are they telling two seasons at one time? Yeah, I, it's so frustrating. the The back to back story stuff, the back the the back to flashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Ba- Got it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need it anymore. And they were cool in the first couple episodes to show us like him coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Also, uh, you owe some money to Patton Oswalt. <laughs> they um, really, they really he, do. Literally explaining the beginning of Patton's thing. Yep. It's not incredibly compelling writing. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching it for nostalgia. No offense to John yeah. Favreau. I love John Favreau. He's great, but I think he's, I think he's gilding the lily just a little yeah, too much. Agree. It's like, see, see, see how awesome Boba Fett is. Like, he was awesome in the Mandalorian. 
It was rad. I was so jazzed for the show. Now I'm like, this all being said, because people shit on the episode with the bikers, uh-huh. Tamara Morrison came out and was like, hey, it gets better. I'm like, that's not your job. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You're you're doing great work. Stop. Yeah. But, you know, so you're right. Boba Fett has never been better than he was in The Mandalorian. I actually mm-hmm. feel like the more we're seeing here, the less magical he's becoming. Like the you know, yeah. So it's and it's nothing yeah. against Tamar Morrison. No, he's, he's doing no, a, we lo- he's doing a great job. Him. Yeah, yeah. I that's he's seriously the only reason I'm still compelled because he's such a good actor. Agree. Jumping back here to the shadow, the the that guy actor, mm-hmm. the the gangster on the bridge is yeah. John Capellos. Uh, yeah. Yes, he's he, again. He's got 200 actor credits. He's been in everything. He's in, you know. He was probably on Law and Order at some point. I'm sure he was. He's got TV <laughs> credits, movie credits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- th- this the guy in the literal cement galoshes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His only crime was looking down the wrong alley. He clearly saw something. They are about to throw him over the railing of the bridge when we hear this echoey voice from some undetermined location taunting the gangsters you murdered a policeman duke and of course it's the shadow and we get the the delightful line the weed of crime bears bitter fruit i will say that uh alec baldwin's manic laugh as the shadow is pretty great yeah yeah it's I, pretty great i mean again i i feel like you can see jack donaghy in this character, like the over-the-top bombastic, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy that, okay, there's no humor here, or very little. Uh, it's just a different <laughs> a different take on it. Careful, John Campos, where you shoot that gun, you might hit the shitty scrim that's behind you. <laughs> like, it's so... I, I, I want to say it was a choice for, like, an aesthetic look, but mm-hmm. I think it was just the 90s and they were saving money but holy crap that backdrop i'm like is this a production of guys and dolls we're in right now (laughs) it's like a theater backdrop it's so shitty well yes yeah that's fair that's fair i actually liked the smoke effects oh sure yeah as we got on the crawl he can turn invisible by basically doing the Jedi mind trick on people, right? Um, They don't see him. We get this shadowy look, and the effect works really good. And he does this kind of like skirmishing, moving in, attacking, and and darting away. The leader first fires his pistol and then a Tommy gun from their car, like Mm -hmm. just spraying all around him. And, of course, hits nothing. Interesting choice of prosthetics when he is the shadow. He physically looks different. He's a COVID douchebag. He's covering his mouth, but not his nose, right? <laughs> yes. Um, um, my, my question. Yeah. Oh, maybe we have the same question. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you think the makeup department punked Alec Baldwin to make him look like William Baldwin? Yes. Yes. It's That's Billy Baldwin. When he, it's I, fucking Billy Baldwin. I'm like, guys, yeah. do you think like they finished doing it and Alec was like, all right. Is there a camera? What's going on here? (laughs) That's right. That's right. So much like William Baldwin. It's fucking wild. It really, really is. And I'm like, oh, it's only the top half. We get a one-second shot of the shadow later in the film, Transform Shadow, Yep. without his mask on. Also, COVID douchebag, taking his mask off in public. (laughs) And I was like, no, it's it's a caricature 
of William Baldwin. It really, and it's it really fucking like phenomenal. It. I had the exact same note. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad. I hope we're uh, not the only. I hope when this episode comes out, people are like, Todd and Casey have fucking lost it. <laughs> go find it. Listen, if you haven't watched the movie, I, I'm not going to say go watch it unless you just love the ridiculous <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Um, but even just go find a still of him as the shadow. And it's it's jarring. It's really jarring. <laughs> now, to be fair, I, you know, on this uh, Google Meet call we're on right now, my picture yeah. right here is yep. the, uh, the animated version of the shadow. And it looks like that. It's just weird that when you make that into live action, it's, it's fucking William Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's, it's bizarre. Um, so he, of course, rescues the almost victim, Dr. Tam. You'll become one of my agents, like dozens of others all over the world. At this point, I was only watching in 1.3 speed, but this feels like this all happens super quick. Like when Dr. Tam got out of the car, he should be like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> And I think it's done on purpose. I yeah. think it's like... It's representative of the genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Suspension of bah, disbelief bah, 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 bah. is huge in I don't this. even think it's a suspension of disbelief. I think the shadow has him at a moment where he can influence him a little more without having to use the power. Like, I saved your life. By the way, now you're in the secret cult. I mean club. I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fucking cult. Yeah. <laughs> through and through. A little bit. Um, but it's pretty cool. There's all these trappings. Um, you know, again, I think echoing tropes in other places. It's really like he is the leader of this secret army, right? I mean, yeah. you go all the way back probably to like, you know, Fagin in the in the... Orphans, right? Like, you know, like that that concept. But he explains that he will, uh, Dr. Tam will become one of his agents. When you hear one of my agents say, the sun is shining, you will respond, but the ice is slippery. Yep. And that will let both of them know that the other is, uh, uh, you know, in the same club. Uh, Mo, the cab driver, gives Dr. Tam a ruby ring. Mo the cab driver, played by the wonderful Peter Boyle. Oh, right? If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? You know, again, another trope, like the the cab driver. You know, I immediately thought of Shia LaBeouf's character in Constantine. Fuck. You're right. right. I forgot Shia LaBeouf was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's an angel. I forgot that movie. That was that was like season one. We did Constantine, right? Yeah, and I Keanu can't be Reeves bothered said, to remember that shit. <laughs> that's the character he would like to play again. He was on. Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't want to Kimmel play uh, Neo Myers? anymore. So sure, go right ahead, play Constantine again. Oh, I can't believe you didn't like the new Matrix movie. I loved it. It was my favorite one I, since I, the Matrix. I don't have time. I don't have time <laughs> okay. to explain it. All right. Okay. But if you want to hear two other people on the Night Shift Radio Network argue about that and take the opposite stances of Todd and I are the same stances, but one and the other go listen to never heard of its mini episode of the matrix resurrections. Caleb really liked it. And Michael and I are in the same camp that maybe the Wachowskis have never made a good movie. Oh, ouch. Hi podcast listeners. This is Caleb from night shift radio. If you love spooky stories as much as I do, but maybe aren't entirely sure that you believe in the paranormal, then you'll enjoy the newest Night Shift Radio original, Possibly Normal. 
Twice a month, we tell a true story of possible paranormal encounters from the perspective of the person who witnessed the events. In these stories, we offer no attempted explanation, only the truth as it was observed. So join me as Night Shift Radio presents Possibly Normal, starting January 2022, wherever you listen to podcasts. We can probably speed up a little bit here. This plot is not complex. One thing, the Cobalt Club, I just want to point yeah. out, I really laughed at when uh, Jonathan Winters is blabbing away, blabbing away, and Penelope Ann Miller walks in. Alec Baldwin yep. turns his head and looks at her, and he's blabbing away, and all of a sudden he looks up and goes, Why am I talking to the back of your neck? Jonathan it's a Winters. funny line. Why yeah. am I talking to the back of your neck? Uh, uh, but though, I do have a question about his powers here. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So Jonathan Winters is like, I'm going to get a task force on the shadow. We're going to kill him. We're going to get this fucker. Sure. And, you know, I, I do like the effect, and it's just a simple lighting effect yep. of Alec Baldwin leaning back into the into the, the 40s glamour shot. Where only uh, his sh- eyes are yeah, illuminated. That, yep. And it has a name, and I fuck, can't yeah. think of what it is. But he, um, you know, he's like, you'll not bother the shadow. You'll never think about the he shadow He does the again. Jedi mind trick, yeah. But when he comes out of it, why? If he's made him forget, shouldn't it be like? I guess that's the same way. Now that I'm talking about it, the neuralizers in Men in Black. He almost—it's almost a neuralizer because he's like, "What? What was happening? What? What was I talking about?" Instead of being like, "So you're so so," like I was saying, the shadows not—we're not going to bother with the shadow. Got it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it was just weird. It was—it felt weird for some reason for me. I mean, listen, again, I think you just have to accept the the rules are what they are. <laughs> they So we get uh, a dream sequence of fire. <laughs> yes. With a mid nineties CGI. Ooh. Ooh. But again, it's ninety four. A... It's ninety four. Yeah. 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 What happened the year before? We thought the dinosaurs were fucking real. <laughs> well. Come on, man. Listen. It can be done. Uh. Um but it's buttoned with Alec Baldwin shooting up out of the chair and going, someone's coming. Yeah. And I just wrote, someone's coming? Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we are now at the muse- New York Museum of Natural History. With two that guy actors. Yes. Willie from ALF. Can't think of the actor's name. Sorry. Willie. The, the dad. Oh, the da- oh, that's who. Ma- uh, right. Yes, Max. Max Wright. What? Max Wright. Yeah, he's also uh, for you friends, watchers out there. He was Rachel's boss uh, at Central Perk for like four episodes, and then just disappeared. Oh. Uh, and the security guard, Ethan Phillips, is Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. Oh. Oh, so you said two. There's, uh, I would suggest there's three that guy actors. So the the curator or the guy who's in charge, Joseph Mayer. Um, hmm, I wasn't familiar with him. Uh, I mean, or am I just not remembering him? Right I now? think you're I'm not so remembering excited about the him. other two. Yeah, he. I mean, if you if you pull him up, pull him up, you're gonna be like, oh, that guy. And he's a true that guy actor. I had no idea what his name was, but I've seen him in a, a million things. Joseph Mayer. M A H. E-R. Oh, that is the guy. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. Uh, he was 
in an episode of Batman the Animated Series. He played Dr. Emil Dorian in the episode Tiger, Tiger. Oh, God, Tiger, Tiger. And he was on Elf as well. He played Angel Bob. Uh, yeah, I'm looking here. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, he's oh, a, he was in uh, Time After Time. Was he really? Oh my god, I mm-hmm. love that movie. I know you do. He was also in In and Out, a great movie too. Another great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and he was in Heaven Can Wait. Oh, was he? Um, I love Heaven Can Wait. Uh, I've probably seen that once or maybe twice. Is that Burt Reynolds? No, no, it's that's Warren Beatty. Or Warren Beatty. Got it. The other uh, egomaniac. Uh, is he Farnsworth? No, he's sick. Is there anyone who actually plays the real Farnsworth? No. It, this was the show I did my senior year. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> I watched that one and the more, because in the play, he's a boxer, not a football player. Got it. Okay. And we also had to change the weight class because he's a heavyweight boxer and <laughs> I weighed a buck 50 in high school. <laughs> uh, so one of the receiving rooms at the Museum of Natural History, the curator and the staff are are perplexed. They've got a metal mummy case from Tibet that was mysteriously <laughs> dropped off. No one knows where it came from. They open up the crate. There's an inscription in Latin. Tarkan Dei Potestas in Terra. The power of God on earth, the seal of the emperor of mankind. The curator realizes this is the coffin of Temujin, commonly known to us in the West as Genghis Khan. One of the guards is left alone with it. The coffin opens, outbursts a man, he unmasks another that guy actor, the wonderful John Lone, who is... For some reason, it seems like Asian Jesus in this movie. It's, yeah, it's like the shoulder-length straight brown hair. And and the way his beard is cut. Oh, I'm sure. Like, Asian yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Even when he when he chops his hair off and it's just like the... I'm like, oh, Jesus got his hair back. Okay. Oh, interesting. He's... so. I, I think of him as a That Guy actor. Um, he's only got 25 acting credits on IMDb. Those are film and TV. What we're not seeing there is... Uh, so he trained at the Peking Opera School, which is a very famous school in Hong Kong. I'll bet he must have been a theater performer, maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's he's good. He does a good job. This best scene in the movie, spoilers for the end, is the 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 mental sparring that he and Lamont do oh, throughout yeah. the film. All of those scenes are so. I'm like, I want more of this. This is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, why am I? Oh, I would say. If you know him, so he plays, uh, is this the movie I'm thinking is? The Last Emperor. Yeah. So he's the adult Last Emperor. The Last Emperor. That's the story of the, the final me. emperor of China. It came out in 87. Maybe you might have been too young for it. Peter O'Toole's in it. It's a, I, I think it's a really good movie. I think I get that in Empire of the Sun. Yes, it Muddled around, not, yeah, because they're like right around the same yeah, time, right? Uh, Empire of the Sun was like eighty-eight. Yeah, I, did, I can look it up, but yeah, it's yes, you're right, you're right. It, it is right around the same time. Two very different movies, but anyways, John Lone plays um, Shiwan Khan. Shiwan Khan, yeah, Shiwan Khan, who is the last descendant of Genghis Khan. Uh, possessed of mental powers that rival the shadows, uh, and intent on finishing. 
Genghis Khan's work and, and ruling the entire world. And I'm so, so glad they get that out of the way quick because when he had the mask on, he removed it and moved forward. I'm like, are they trying to tell us that this is fucking Genghis Khan? Because get the fuck out of here. But sure, when they're like, no, sure. I'm the descendant, I'm like, oh, okay, rad. Okay, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. We quickly learn what kind of a man he is. Join me or die. This is, this is private property. Poor choice in dialogue there, yeah. uh, because Shiwan takes that as, um, all right, well, then um, you can be a sacrifice to me. Put your gun to your temple. Sacrifice yourself to me. Neelix killed himself? What the fuck is this movie? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. If Neelix on Voyager took a phaser to his head, yeah, fucking who? Because, God, what an obnoxious character. But I wanted more Ethan Phillips because he's great. Yeah, he he is. And, of course, the last thing he says before he kills himself. Yes, my God. <laughs> uh, so now we are at the U.S. Federal Building in the War Department. Uh, interesting note, that's what its title was before it was changed to the Department of Defense. It was the War Department. Um the, and we were all just supposed to be okay with this. <laughs> well, you know, uh, defense doesn't win wars. But um, <laughs> so uh, another little minor, that guy, English stage actor, Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you were talking about the other Englishman in this. Oh, that's right. Tim Curry. Yeah, again. Who the reason Tim Curry did this movie is to be reunited with Ian McKellen. Where where had they worked? Oh, on stage. A little show called Amadeus, where Tim Curry played Mozart and Ian McKellen played Salieri. What? And holy shit, can we build a time machine oh and go watch God. this? Because do you know who was? Uh, I think it might have been the same run. No, it was it was uh, the British run of it, but American run. Tom Hulse, because sure. he was in the movie. Tom Hulse was the Bre- Broadway. Do you know who his understudy was? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be Agent Coulson. No way. Clerk Greg. Come on. I also I also would like to see that. I please. would see that as well. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's literally the only reason Tim Curry did this oh movie is just to hang out with his buddy, Ian McKellen. It, Sir Ian McKellen. He's delightful. Big pardons. I, I am never disappointed. <laughs> Tim Curry shows up in something. I am never disappointed. Tim Curry and Ian McKellen doing passable American accents. Yeah, they're fine. Like... Curry's, he wavers here and there a couple of the words when it gets exaggerated. I'm like, whoop, whoop, you sound a little British, but man, uh, McAllen's considering this is like his second or third movie. Is it really? Bill and Ted's bogus journey was his very, or excellent. No, I'm sorry. Not Bill and Ted. That's a different death. Um, Last action hero. Yes. He is death in the last action hero. Oh my gosh. And that was his that very that. first film performance. Wow. And what was last action hero? 90? 92? Mm, I was thinking 94, but I could be totally wrong. Must be it must be after. 93. Oh, why am I not seeing it as I'm Oh there know. it is. Oh yeah. Oh there it is. 93. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the year before. Huh. It's funny to see him Four. so young. <laughs> I, but but also, like kind of looking the yeah, same. Like yeah, he's yeah. always kind of had an old man face. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still Ian McKellen. So he plays. He's still Ian McKellen. He plays uh, Margot's father, Doctor Lane, and it is the trope of the absent-minded scientist. Dad, where did you get this shirt? 
Mm. Well, you said I look good in green. Mm. No. This is green. That's red. Mm. Does he not remember the difference between red and green, or is he colorblind? Red, green. Mm. Well, to me, it's just a clean shirt. Wow. I don't know. Because it, it's not clear, and it is... I- I have a hard time believing that he can't remember the difference between red and green. It's It would be much more believable that he's colorblind. And maybe, did they not did they not recognize it? No, they must have known colorblind was a thing in the 30s. Oh, in, in movie? Um, I don't know. Uh, can you hear Can you hear Fagan whining? I cannot. Right. John Dalton described his own colorblindness in 1794. Yeah, they knew... <laughs> They, oh they shit! Knew. Yeah, hang on, hang on yeah, one yeah, second. I'm just gonna open the door, and let him yeah. out. Sorry, he's trying to find everyone else. I'm like, they're all asleep, shithead. <laughs> I'm the only one still awake. All right, so we had a little, uh, we had a little break there. We had a uh, Fagin is peeing, right? I don't know what he's doing. He just didn't want to be in the oh, room with okay. me anymore. Well, <laughs> he's like, I, I don't know where him. he went. Okay, um, maybe he's peeing in the house. That'll be fun to find after we're done recording. Um, the plot of the movie is pretty simple. Uh, Shiwan Khan, a fellow student of the Tulku, mm-hmm. who we will learn later actually killed the Tulku as the Tulku was not able to turn him from his path of evil. Right. Initially sets out to enlist the aid of Ying Ko. <laughs> Thinking he's going to be a bad guy, too. Yeah. You said it earlier. You're spot on. Some of the best scenes in the movie are the verbal sparring between the Shadow and Shiwan Khan. In this proto-atomic age, you know, they're about 15 years too early, yeah. uh, but this metal bronzium, was that bronzium, bronzium yeah. that the Khan possesses uh, could be the basis of an atomic weapon, a nuclear fission weapon, if it could be compressed enough and you'd need a beryllium spe- sphere that would, con- that would contain the blast. Um, Dr. Lane, along with uh, Claymore, another... Tim Curry, another mm-hmm. one of the War Department scientists, have the devices that the Khan needs. Claymore has willingly uh, joined him, whereas Doctor Lane is uh, put under his under the Khan's uh, spell, and it's a, essentially a race against the Khan going to detonate an atomic weapon in the middle of New York City while the Shadow and Margot are hunting them down. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, let's talk about what's the what's the spear you just mentioned. The Ferba? No, no, no. The, the Sphere. Oh, the Sphere. It's a beryllium sphere. So this is Galaxy Quest? Well, beryllium is really I know. A it's thing. an actual element. Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Right. I'm just <laughs> saying, every time they said it, I'm like, are the miners going to be here? Oh, sure. I mean, they're like three years old. Miners, not miners. <laughs> you lost me. Were you the one who shared in our, in our chat that we're getting a 4K version of Galaxy Quest? No, it was Quest? Colin. Colin. And uh, holy oh. shit, I hope that's the box art for it. And, yes, yes. Because, uh, God. Is there additional content they're going to throw in? I don't care. I'm going to buy it because it's You're buy it anyways? Yeah, yeah. Right. So the, the cab driver. Yes. That, <laughs> so this is murder number two in less than like, I don't know, an hour and a half being in America. Like, yes. slow your roll, Con. Uh, did you recognize him? Uh, he's another that guy actor. I recognized him, but I can't. But I couldn't tell you from where. Mister Heckles, the downstairs neighbor from Friends. That's who he is. Yeah, he That's... shows up. He showed up at the at the reunion episode. That's right. Yeah. Yep. 
He stole uh, Marcel, little bastard. Uh, the great Larry Hankin. Larry Hankin, yeah, he's great. Uh, so I actually know him better as um, there's an episode of Seinfeld where you've got like the faux Seinfeld gang. He's the faux Kramer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which kind of messes with them all being in the same because <laughs> yeah. all those shows are technically. In the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. But because Paul's old apartment yep. from Mad About You was the one that Kramer now has. Sure, sure, sure. Jamie and Fran were on an episode of Friends. Ursula was on Mad About You. Yep. So they all. And Ursula's. Oh, yeah. Because. Wait. Phoebe's twin sister. Twin sister. That's right. Do we ever get uh, Ursula in Friends, or is she only ever referred to? No, no, like no, no. Oh, she's in Friends, and she's absolute nightmare for human beings. <laughs> she 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 starts doing porn at one point, and instead of being Ursula Buffet, she is Phoebe Buffet. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Oh, that's fucked up. So dark. It's so dark. Oh. It's like it's funny, but then you kind of think about the real world implications. You're like, oh Jesus Christ. Uh, so the Seinfeld crossover is not the only problem. He he also was on an episode of Mad About You. He was Bob the security guard in the episode It's a Wrap. So that's right. He was. So, so he's in the trifecta. He's in the the big three. Oh, and also uh, Caroline in the city counts in that because when Joey and Chandler were babysitting Ben when he was a baby, right, and when they were mistaken as yep. a gay couple, yep, yep, and uh, Chandler was on an episode of Caroline in the City. He f- flirted with um, the actress uh, friend Thompson? there. I can't, oh no, the the actress friend. I oh, can't I remember don't. her character's name. I I I kind of like Caroline in the City, uh, but I think I like Caroline in the City because of. Uh, he w- she's so uh, that actor was also in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Hmm. He played in the episode "Cost of Living." He was Wind Dancer. Sure, yes, he was. Cost of Living, good episode. As <laughs> <laughs> if there are any bad episodes uh, of sh- Star Trek: The Next Generation. He's a real that guy actor. He's got 196 acting credits. Yeah, yeah, he he works for sure. Um. Getting back to the movie. Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you think it's kind of fucked up that nobody covered up Ethan Phillips' body until the goddamn morning? Yeah. yeah. It's the next morning. And he, you're right. And he was found right after he died. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Winters is walking into the scene and they're covering him up. I'm like, guys, so you guys were just dusting for prints, doing all your stuff with a dead body uncovered here. You guys are sick. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, gal's humor, you know. Um, all right, so let's see. Oh, the con and Lamont uh, sparring. Yes. Did now, you which catch one? A little, well, uh, the first one. In his, uh, the second one, oh, sorry. Oh, the second in one in the, study. in the Oh, in the lab. In the, in the lab. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Did you catch the little wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the old radio ads? No. That is a lovely tie, by the way. May I ask where you acquire it? Brooks Brothers. Is that Midtown? 45th and Madison. Oh, that's funny. It's that, absolutely. That would have been how they. Oh, yeah. Got it, got it. You know, when I'm listening to The Shadow, <laughs> I like to smoke on these cancer-causing cigarettes. That's right. I'd, walk a, I'd climb a mountain for a llama. Which is, I'd walk a mile for, for a, a camel. camel. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you know, there's some fucked up history of, oh, I don't know. Remember when the, the Flintstones sold cigarettes? That was dark. <laughs> Yikes. One thing I do want to talk about, I really liked... 
the clearly Batman influenced, and I'll be honest, I don't know the source material, but his lair, you know, down the alleyway, right through the, the secret sanctum? hidden passage, the sanctum, uh, really just loved the whole. It's not steampunk. It's definitely like the industrial. It's Art Deco. It's totally Art Deco. Yeah, with a with the mechanical, mm-hmm. you know, capabilities. Of well, the Art Deco can have mechanical. Watch his Silicon Soul, uh, Heart of Steel solid gold episodes of Batman the Animated Series that have robots in them. Got it, got it. And they look just like this kind of stuff. Hardack and all that stuff, yeah. I, I, I mean, clearly, I, I just loved his whole... I, I loved the Sanctum. I loved the I did like that, the Sanctum a lot. I really I, I did. I loved the vacuum tubes. His, I... So, Hated the vacuum tubes. Are you what? telling me no one's going to see these fucking tubes? I'm like, hey, what are the, the, hey, Bob... Bob, who put these tubes in here? That is just the that is the world that is. See, that almost feels like um, Batman the Animated Series to me. No, yes, nerd fight. First of all, take the pneumatic the pneumatic tube, take it straight down the building, and then underground to wherever you have to go. Don't go in and out of all these buildings. Who the fuck designed this? What is the term from The Incredibles? Retro retro futurism? The paperwork alone no. on the construction of this would be no. out of control. Yes, no. retro futurism. No but one, pneumatic see, tubes were a thing in it back then. No, no, no. It, it, it has that feel to me of like it feels anachronistic like it i don't know i i think i'm i think i'm really operating out, out, out of like how it how i felt about it sure you know? but I, I again it's it's batman forever as you're telling me bruce wayne's in wayne tower the bat symbol goes off he takes chase basically a giant pneumatic tube back to wayne manor <laughs> to get dressed as batman and then make his way back to gotham well batman if you'd gotten here sooner you know the riddler and two-face wouldn't have gotten away uh at the end of the movie as the shadow confronts Shiwan Khan in his lair and takes control of the furba to tr- to turn the tide of the battle, did you like the nod to the bat pole? Yes, yes, I did. So Shiwan Khan's uh, metal coffin uh, is, you know, the the entry chamber to a tube that drops all the way down, and of course, it's clearly the it's bat. Clearly, pole. Uh, so Jesus, I let's just move to that. Let's move to the the fight. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, did you feel like this Hall of Mirrors fight just kind of abruptly ended? Uh, a little bit. It it it, it you, certainly moves briskly to the well. End. It was supposed to be longer, but the 1993 earthquake in <gasps> California happened and broke all the mirrors. No way. And the production company went, "Fuck it, he'll just set him on fire." <laughs> what? That yeah. is wild. They. They deemed it too expensive to replace all the mirrors. That is crazy. I mean, that's that's the earthquake that like did some serious damage in in L.A. Kind of, I, I I don't know that I have any real memory of that. Oh wow! All I remember from is we were watching a baseball game. I know. Oh yes, I was watching sports. <laughs> uh, yeah, in at the bay was it the Mariners at the. Was that San Francisco Giants? The f- oh, sure. that's the one yes. where the that's the one where the the highway the, yep. or the bridge. Yes, yep. that's exactly Got that it. same one. That's the one where Mark Hamill was on his way to record some lines, and they told him to turn around because the bridge had collapsed. Yikes! Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, crazy uh, time. But one of the things it did was just demolish this bridge or this. Uh, this set and they're like 
we can't get new mirrors for this, so let's just end the fight in a shitty way. So, like, I remember as a kid, I, I, not as a kid, but when I watched this in, like, when I was, like, in my 20s, mm-hmm. I was like, what a fucking stupid ending. <laughs> Weirdly, I forgive it because they they had an outside obstacle to fight through. Yeah. I mean, it still sucks, but I, I don't put it uh, directly on you. You did what you had to do to make the scene work. I would say it's probably, I'm looking it up, this was a PG-13 moment, PG-13 movie. I would say this is about as... As oh yeah, he hardcore. doesn't set him on fire. He gets he cuts him a the bunch. Yeah, with so the, 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 the mirrors glass. shatter, yeah. and then the shadow in an ability that we haven't seen before from him. So telepathy is dealing with minds. This is really telekinesis. He levitates a shard of one of the mirrors, and oh, right. fucking uh, bullseyes uh, Shiwan Khan right in the middle of the forehead. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Um. um Oh, Jesus Christ. Which uh, is pretty cool because in the aftermath, so the shadow <laughs> wins, he and Margot, you know, have a life together. The the big hotel that was hidden is revealed to everybody. Um the monolith. The monolith. Uh which uh would stay at that hotel 100%. That outside I was like shit. You know what you know what I you know what vibes I got from it? The Nymo building. <laughs> well, I'm like, holy shit! It's the Nymo yeah. building. Um, I actually, Jesus Christ! I actually got vibes of uh, what's the building in the first Ghostbusters movie? The oh well, when you watch oh, okay. Ghostbusters Aftermath. All right, got it. Okay. Um, so Shiwan Khan oh, uh, wakes up. He's in a mental hospital. He's in a straitjacket. A doctor comes mm-hmm. in and he says, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! You know, let me out! You're gonna let me out!" And the doctor laughs at him. <clears throat> and we pull back to see a massive uh, scar on the front of his head. Um, they had to do surgery to save his life, but don't worry. He only lost a little bit of the frontal lobe. It's a part of our brain we don't even use unless you believe in telepathy. Uh, which I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But did you notice the doctor was wearing one of the rings? No, I missed that. Yeah, he's an agent oh. of the shadow. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine then. That's like, hardcore. up to that point, I was like, fuck you, scene. Oh, oh, that's actually oh, that's really pretty cool. good. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> two things. Yeah. Going back a bit, after the very uh, terrifying nightmare scene where... Lamont rips his face off and becomes Khan. He does the Tom I'm, Cruise Mission Impossible, yeah. But like in the worst way, it goes up through his <laughs> cheek. I'm like, skin. what? You missed? You yeah. missed? Oh God! Like, so I was like, are they brothers? Is he a descendant? What does this mean? Nope, doesn't mean a fucking thing. They just wanted to have no, him rip uh, his face off. Oh no, no, of course it's the same thing. They come from the same path. Like you know, clearly Shuan Khan saw him as a. As like a spirit, you know, like a blood brother, essentially. I mean, he, his, his offer. I mean, did you take his offer to basically join me and we'll rule the galaxy? I took that as no, sincere. Yeah, it, was, it was Darth Vader. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I thought Shuan Khan was being sincere. Did you? Oh yes, absolutely. Well, Darth Vader's being sincere. I mean, yeah, so it's a moment of vulnerability for Shuan Khan. Be like, I can do this. But it's going to be a lot easier if you are on my side. Yeah, and it's the same like Mordo and Strange in the Doctor Strange movie, sure. right? Like, sure, sure, we, sure. We've got the same history. We we had the same teacher. You know, like we come from the same place. Um, no, I took that as that is 
Lamont's fear is that despite everything he's done, he is he he's will still go answer for okay. the evil. Yeah, because I, I actually <laughs> like the scene when uh, Margot and who is a telepath. <laughs> we kind of skipped over that. Uh, yeah. When Margot ends up, did we miss that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, when Margot ends up in his head. Um, and we see the Ying Ko version of Lamont saying you shouldn't be here, and then she sees the evil that he's done. Um, but with Alec Baldwin in Mongolian armor, <laughs> screaming, covered in blood, I was like, this is suddenly a comedy. This is silly. I, yes, it, agree, a hundred percent. Because the yelling was very Jack Donaghy. It wasn't like <laughs> like it wasn't Mel Gibson, you know, human garbage pile that he is in. In Braveheart, yeah. you're not like, oh, that man is gone. You're like, that man's having a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, but what I liked about yeah. the scene is at the end, when they when he wakes up the next morning and goes in and was talking with Margot, he, she, and she's like, I had this dream. I was naked on a beach. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ooh, hang on. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Don't. Oh, uh, yes. That's what I thought. Gross. Yes, agree. Gross for the time period. <laughs> it was a very 1994 written scene. You're not going to, a woman back then would not have talked about being naked on a beach in front of a man um, who was not her husband. I would point you to the flappers. I mean, she's maybe a few she's years She's not a late, flapper. But sh- that's only a few years earlier, right? Isn't that in the time after World War? Was flappers yeah, before or after World the War the 20s, the Roaring 20s. Yeah, so 10 years later, yeah, you know, 1930. If, yeah, if it's I just, it rubbed me weird, but um, <laughs> it probably rubbed Alec Baldwin just right. <laughs> but then Alec Baldwin, like, completely kills any, his and her boners by being like, I dreamt that I ripped my face off. <laughs> it, it is like, a little bit of a cock That's That's fair. And then the, he cock himself. He did. Uh, he Charlie the, Bravoed himself, yes. The next note that I have is just, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know what it was in reference to, but I literally just wrote, what the fuck? Mm, let's see. What is? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Again, it ain't Citizen Kane. It ain't Paddington 2. But, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, so when they're when they're trying to defuse the bomb, and it's yes. fallen onto the gate of an old style elevator, yep. and Ian McKellen goes out in it. What the fuck is Penelope Ann Miller doing getting on there? I'm like, hang on, you're adding more weight. Stand on the outside. <laughs> well, the, just, but at this point, elevators are safe. Like the oh the brakes, you know the yeah. There's no elevator there. They're just standing on the the sliding gate. Oh, I thought that was the ele- I thought that was the top of the elevator. No, oh, the, the gate elevators. like fell. Oh, oh yeah, that's it, true. Keanu Reeves is fighting uh, Dennis Hopper six floors yeah. down. Got it, got it, got it. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at the end, missing brain. How do we get out of this movie, Todd? You, it's your birthday. Take us out of this son of a bitch. I don't remember the very ending. So uh, Lamont and Margot kiss as he right. basically says, "I'll see you later." He walks down the alley, and of course, we get the graphic of the shadow. Hey, how will you know where I am? He's back on patrol, keeping the city safe. Right. And... I'll know. I did like uh, the the running joke with Penelope and... and, Or with uh, Marco and Lamont. How will you know? I'll know. Like, because who... I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Who knows <laughs> Who what knows? evil yeah. lurks in the hearts of men? Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. 
That's right. Uh, so Todd. Yes, yes. That was your birthday pick. It was, and and I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm glad you enjoy it. It's just, it's not for me. Sure, it's not, sure. it's not anything. I get I'm, it. I get it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna seek out. I didn't. Okay, I didn't hate this, but I didn't love watching this. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, that, that's fair. That's fair. And I, huh? I won't be surprised if I have a similar reaction to whatever you pick for your birth birthday pick. Oh, how dare you! I mean, I, I didn't. Pick... I didn't love Condor Man. I'm not gonna lie. Condor Man. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, so, like we always do, we have some questions. Uh, <laughs> Todd, who's your favorite character? Uh, listen, the title character. He's doing everything he should in this movie, which is what it is, which is popcorn, pulp, ridiculous. It's. Uh, Alec Baldwin as Lamont Cranston, The Shadow. Casey, who's your favorite character? Jonathan Winters. Okay. Yeah. He was funny. Sure. Yeah. I love Jonathan Winters. I mean, there's you a give me lot Jonathan of, Winters, I'm going to be happy. There's a lot of talent in this movie, so you can't oh, go yeah. wrong. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, yeah. what is the best scene in the movie? Oh, it's the Lamont uh, con in the Sanctum. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah. Lamont's trying to be like, how the f- fuck did you get in here? But also being like, oh, yes, I knew you were going to be here. <laughs> like, it's such a battle of, it, it's it's Wesley and uh, Fancini in, yes. um, <laughs> in, in Princess, Princess Pride. Pride. Yeah, yeah. Nothing surprises them, but they're constantly being like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, that's a battle to the wits. Uh, that's probably, that's a high point, certainly. If you want a, uh, a battle of strength, I, I really like the fight in the lab where we get where we really get the shadow in full abilities, even with yes. the, against the cons warriors. Uh, that's a lot of fun. The effects I think work really well. Um, mm, that reminds me. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So cons warriors shoot the shadow, his literal shadow, yes. and it injures him. Later, uh, Tim Curry, when they're in that big ball thing that we didn't really talk about, yep. with what what the hell is that thing for? <laughs> what does it do? It's a it's a Rube Goldberg. Giant ball you could, yeah, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. To oh, it's drown the people. thing in Mission Impossible. That, you know, yeah, that's uh, it. Did Alec Baldwin learn to hold his breath for 14 mm-hmm. minutes? Um <laughs> he, he shoots the shadow, but it doesn't uh the his actual shadow not, but it doesn't harm him. Then I'm like, well, the difference is wh- <clears throat> um the the shadow was clearly standing right against the wall and his shadow was right there. I think in the sphere it was projected up, and he was shooting up at it, so he could have been lower. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but I was just kind of like, hang on, we we established that if you shoot the his shadow, the shadow gets injured. So, so it's not that he's shooting the shadow; he's physically there. He doesn't turn to smoke; he just becomes invisible. The only thing oh, he can't so he's invisible, he, but not the shadow. Gotcha. Yeah, the gotcha. only thing he can't that turn invisible is the shadow. That was that was on the crawl. The only thing he can't hide is his shadow. No, that's why it's called the, the shadow. shadow. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Okay. Uh, one scene you would cut. Uh, you know, this is um, it's about an hour forty-seven with the credits. Uh, I don't think it really drags. I mean, listen, if you're watching this movie and you know what you're getting, there's nothing I would cut. It's uh, it's doing exactly what it means to. Cut the whole beginning. Oh, just just make it a crawl, Cranston Lamont. Kid, oh, is, this, this is a hard disagree for me. Oh, I really I liked that. Oh, well, otherwise you would have chosen it too. Yeah. I know it's a hard disagree. 
That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Um, I don't know. Penelope Ann Miller seems like she's having a good time. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I think it's the person who's chewing up every bit of scenery, every scene he's in. Oh, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, right? you're right. It's Tim yeah. Curry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry's having a blast. That's right. Uh, so once again, the IMDb score for this movie was a 6.1 out of 10. Casey, how do you rate it? Mm-hmm. What year is this movie set in? 90, it's, <laughs> it's, I would say probably 1930. <laughs> so yeah. You're giving it a 3 a out of 10? Zero. Okay. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, you know, I'm not... I, so here's the thing. I'm not seeking this movie out. This isn't a movie no. I'm going to go find. I might stop to watch it if it's on, but I'm not seeking it out. Uh, 6.1 is, uh, I think, a little unfair. I think this is intended to be campy and pulpy. I think it's probably 7 out of 10 for doing what it meant to do. So you think this is like a last action hero type thing that we didn't understand that they were tongue-in-cheeking their way through the movie? Uh yeah, I mean, I, yes, I, I think they are. Immer- I, I think the fiction of that time is fantastic, in in, mm-hmm. the, in the sense of you know the you know the the so far from the real world, and I I feel like it's a it's a style of of uh, storytelling that we don't often go towards nowadays. So I just I I, I know I, I see why it didn't work. But I think that they're doing exactly what the source material did. You know, which is being pulp fiction. So, pulp fiction, sure. Um, Now, here's an interesting one. Watch it with the kids. No, this wouldn't hold the bean at all. Uh, Yeah. The knife would make her be like, that's weird. Okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, Joe might like this one. You know, it's, it's dark in moments. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I do like, I do like that it's not like a, it's not a dig, but like he's not like a Superman, you know the you know truth, justice in the American way. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. I kind of like he's that. Almost, Joe might like that. So it depends on the kid, I think. You know, he's almost the first anti-hero. Uh, like you're rooting for him, but he he doesn't always work inside the the law. Like, does I Tim think, Curry die? I can't remember. Or is he? Who's that? Does he? Tim Curry. Does Tim Curry's character die? I can't remember. I don't think so. He jumps out of the window, but it's it's into like a lobby below, and any a, a table breaks his fall. Um, I don't know that. I, so I don't think the concept of the antihero. No, it, it I, doesn't I didn't, exist. But he's, for he's he's proto antihero. Like, uh, I, well, I might I might push back on that, but. Uh, well, go right ahead. I'm still going to say he's proto <laughs> proto antihero. He's dark. I mean, he you know he uses guns, but again, yeah. that that era, um, guns weren't unusual. Didn't did Batman initially have a gun? Sure did. Yeah. So I think that's I think it's very true to the pulp fiction of the time. But sure, that, but sure. we are 100%. very you know our entertainment sensibilities are very different than that today. So I think you get yeah. you definitely get a disconnect because um, you know it's it's not a style that we would kind of recognize today. Okay, yeah. 
But that was so a movie. Todd, yes. That was a movie. You beat me to it, you son, <laughs> you of, a son bitch. of a bitch. And normally, this is where we would hear. And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet. But ah. we're doing something a little different. <gasps> what? Here in our in coming to the end of our season. We in a private chat uh we did. off mic and we talked about how it's so fun to do these birthday episodes, but because where our birthdays fall, there's always two episodes in between, and it's kind of a crapshoot whether they're enjoyable or not. Yeah. So I brought it to you, and we talked about it, and we agreed. So that's what I'm going to say. The next two episodes are going to be chosen by us, me, with your approval. Let's, sure. Let's well, call spade a spade. Is it is it us, or is it friends of ours? Well, yes. And so what I did was I chose episodes that people have been like, when you get to this episode, I want to come on for it. Yep. So I chose the episodes based on that with your approval. Uh, So that being said, our next episode will be staying in the same time. No, wait, does. Uh, no, ne- no, moving to the next war. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we will move to uh, the not seen by you. That, that's ever, correct. The Rocketeer. And we're not going to be alone. No, we're going to have our buddy Justin Mousseau with Yay! us. Yay! Yeah, I'm so jazzed yeah, to have him yeah, back. Yeah. He was so great last time. Yeah. I, so we, you know, to be fair, um, I think we spoke with Justin for really only a few minutes, uh, you know, one evening before we recorded, you know, then we recorded a different evening, but um, felt very, very like, I feel like we clicked with Justin immediately. I was like, oh, Justin was a welcome. He's our kind of people. Yeah. 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 You can come sit with us anytime you want. And that's what we said after we stopped recording. And he goes, well, when you guys get to the Rocketeer, let me know. So when I had this plan and talked to you, I wrote to him, like, do you want to come play with us and be the Rocketeer? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yes. Check the liner notes for this episode, and I'll put his TikTok and his Instagram on there and his Twitter for you. Yeah. So um, his Twitter's really good. He's always got good takes on stuff. Um, I'll say this. He, I am straight up unabashedly fucking impressed his justin's tiktok is amazing so he is his tiktok game is great yeah uh, he is moose underscore zero on tiktok go find that he's doing some amazing stuff and where we will fucking talk for you know two hours uh he puts together these really compelling really interesting really insightful uh tiktoks in all of the kind of geek spaces that we play um, that are really, really good. So go check his stuff out. You will not be disappointed. And if you pick and choose your episodes that you watch, you know, we're not going to tell you how to enjoy this podcast. If you skipped Batman and Robin because you're like, oh, shit, it's Batman and Robin. Yeah. Go back because Justin joins us in shitting all over that movie. <sighs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's a great episode. It's a great episode for a shitty movie. Yeah, super absolutely. fun. Now this time, you know, we're actually going to do an enjoyable movie. I really, I really, I, the Rocketeer is going to be the the palate cleanser 
from the shadow oh, for me. Oh. If I remember, it again, it has probably been 20 years since I watched The Rocketeer, but I never was like, oh, this movie's not going to be great. Now, of course, I've never seen it, but I am very aware of it because Joe Johnston, director of Captain America, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. famously directed The Rocketeer. So, um, yeah, it's available on Disney Plus. So you can find it right there, no problem. And, uh, you know, before we move on, we should probably. Watch that trailer. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction. A creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? This is the FBI! What do we tell the president? Tell me exactly why this merchandise is so important to the feds. It's a rocket. A rocket? Ow! What? What's the matter? I don't know. There's something under the seat. Oh, my. What are we got here? What are you supposed to do? Is it a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. How do I look? Like a hood ornament. Stand clear. What was that? Are you trying to kill yourself? I like it. Uh oh, we got company. You steer, I'll push. Well, what? I want that rocket, Eddie. Not next week, not tomorrow. Now. Keep your eyes open for this dame. Jenny's in trouble. <gasps> They're working for a Nazi agent. With an army equipped with these, you could rule the world. Cliff! You touch one hair on her head, I swear out. <laughs> Shoot him! We've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. I love her, Peeve. Does she know that? She's gonna find out. Let him have it! Hand over the rocket! Go get him, kid. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you know, I knew we'd, I knew we'd get to this in the podcast, and I've been mm-hmm. ready for it. So, um, I'm looking forward to watching this movie. We got, we get a bond. We get our, our first. I think this is our first appearance. No, no, this is our second James Bond. The League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Is Daniel Craig in any superhero movies? Mm, I do not think so. It's bullshit. I mean, James Bond is not a superhero. We'll say that, but uh, no, I don't. No, we are not. Jesus, first of all, that's that's twenty five fucking movies. Uh Some are some that are super racist and uber misogynistic. (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we could drop in Sean Connery talking about how you know you only hit a woman with open hand. Um, all right. So uh, yes, if we do that, <laughs> if you decide to do that, may I say yes? He said that. But do you see that his wife came out? His his ex wife, the wife that he hit open hand, yeah. and was like, oh, yeah, he knocked me unconscious. I'm <laughs> like, oh. If you didn't think he was a dirtbag before, <laughs> yes. you better think he's a dirtbag now. I can separate the artist from the art with Sean Connery. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So can I. Yeah. I mean, but 
he's, you know, I still, in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you're still a garbage, you know, <laughs> spousal abuser. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, uh, going back to some of the housekeeping. So we watched the uh, trailer for Rocketeer. The IMDb score for this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? Do you want to take a guess? I feel like this is in the sevens. 6.5. Fuck you. Not you, <laughs> but Jeez, I, the I'm people. just telling you, yeah. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Casey, okay. we've shared a variety of opinions here, and undoubtedly, some of them will evoke reactions from our listeners. Mm. If people want to track us down, where could oh, they find God. us? I am on the uh, cesspool that is Twitter at <laughs> not Ryan Casey. I am on the less cesspool that is Instagram at not dot Ryan Casey. Uh, the podcast itself also has a Twitter and Instagram of Superpod HeroCast on Instagram and TSPHC tweets on Twitter. And you can also email us at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. But, birthday boy. Sure, sure. We can't forget your socials. Yeah, find me really, on... If, if, you, if you notice that Casey starts kind of sounding like he's having a stroke during that, because it was me going, oh shit, we still have to do Todd's. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram with the handle at TMP in SYR. Um, yeah. Lucky bastard. I know, right? Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. Find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. You can find his music at silvermansound.com. <laughs> so that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. heroic. Yeah. Yeah. This movie still sucks. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, before yeah. we go back in. No, we are we are uh, halfway through season two of Community. She's really? loving it. She had the same thing. She's like, it's not very Just good. Keep like, going, Just keep yeah. going. If you don't like it by this episode... Uh, I mean, how far did you guys get? We, uh, uh, I don't think we got. If we got four episodes, I'd be shocked. But the the, yeah, the problem it's, is, it takes Joe it is a not bit. a completist. Joe has no problem saying, "I don't want to watch it." Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're into just fucking solid gold uh, episodes. I, I might just have to watch. It's so fun. I, I might you gotta have to watch, watch on your own. It's uh, the, the, and just just power through like the first half of season yeah. one. Which there's still like funny sure, stuff sure. and character uh, building and stuff, but once you get like, I, I always say once you get to paintball, but even before it's really then, its it, like once you get to the the Halloween episode, it's so good because Abed is Batman. Huh. I've I've seen the Batman. images. And yeah, the, yeah. And the whole episode, he talks like this, and he's <laughs> like, great. "Yeah." Um, <laughs> so you good. know what show Joe is absolutely loving? The, if we weren't recording tonight, we would have been watching it tonight. Peacemaker. Oh my God, he loves Peacemaker. Holy shit. This week's episode. We're going to watch it tomorrow night. Yeah. There's a do not miss the mid credits scene. All right. That's the problem with the streaming services. I almost feel like. I almost feel like they need to, because I think, uh, is HBO Max, that's the one that automatically will play the next episode when the series starts. 
Most of them so, do. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's not easy to navigate to say, no, 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 let me let me run out the credits because I, I want to see if there's something. Yeah, there. everybody wants to skip to the next one. And I think it's the OG Netflix has the best one where it's just like a button down and yeah. you can do it. What is the worst is Paramount really? Plus. Dear Paramount Plus, fix your fucking streaming <laughs> site. Um, None of this is going to yeah. make the episode, so I don't know uh, why I just bitched about it. Listen, James Gunn, best film, best filmmaker ear ever in terms of the music he picks ever. So this episode is written by, this is the first written by, but not okay. directed. And what I really like is, I don't remember the director's name, but it doesn't feel like a different oh, tone. Oh, that's good. Like, it's filmed and directed and shot very much in that James okay. Gunn eye. So I'm wondering if he had to hand off these couple episodes because I'm, because this episode is vigilante oh, heavy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Unmasked vigilante oh, interesting. heavy. And you know the whole story that they five, filmed the first four. Four or five, yeah. Four. And just had to recast it. I'm wow. like, wait, um, what? So the, the, what's his name? The, the black guy who's running the, the crew. Uh, is in Guardians discount guy from uh, iZombie. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Right, yeah. he looks. I'm like, oh, it's no, no. But he's in something new that's just yeah, coming. Well, they're out. raving. And I was he, super. He's in Guardians three, and they're raving about him. So I think the rumor is that he might be the High Evolutionary. Do you know who that is? Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting choice. That would work. Uh, I feel like that could also tie into the Eternals. I was talking about this with my brother Chris yesterday. He mm-hmm. watched the Eternals for the first time, I think yesterday or the day before, and he was disappointed. I was like, I think e- I'm not disappointed. It's it, fine. Yeah. I, I said I, I think the value of Eternals is going to show up later on. It sure it's it, world yeah. building and nobody yeah. was ready it, for and it. And it's yeah. also the opposite of, I would argue, Marvel's success formula, which is you don't create a ensemble movie until you know everything you need to know about the individual characters. They, a lot There's of a characters lot of work that Chloe world Zan building. had to yeah. do. Yeah. So I think, I, I think that my assumption is obviously the Eternals are going to be a huge part of whatever's coming next. And I think, yeah. So I expect that many of those performers will come back. Maybe not all. Sure. Uh, I really hope, um, uh, the big sick, uh, I really hope he comes. I loved him in that. I thought he was and oh he was he was one of the highlights of the the Fastos, the black guy. (laughs) Loved him. Yeah. (laughs) What is this? Native Vibranium? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. IKEA. Um (laughs) Um, I did also like Shannon Shannon called me on her way home today. She's like, What are you doing? I'm like, Megan Dinner, what's up? She's like, Oh, I'm just bored. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll talk to you yeah. when I make dinner. <laughs> um, she um, she had just watched the Eternals, and she was like, "Who is uh, who's the voice at the end of with yes. the Black Knight?" I'm like, "Oh, I still can't think of his name. What's the actor? It's Blade, but what's the uh, actor's name?" Uh, Mayor Shala Al um, Maharsha- Mah- Mahershala Ali. Ali. Yes. Um, and but who's she Baron Mordo? Like, and he. Chi Chiwatel 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 Ejiofor Ejiofor who is now Supreme Mordo. Yeah, I can't wait. Did, did have you seen 
all of the rumors for the rumored cameos. What was the one I just saw yesterday? A new one. Uh, I had not heard this name before. Oh, it's getting to it's getting to the uh, uh, Tom Holland is in the next Spider Man movie. <laughs> I can't like so many other people are going to be in this movie. Who hmm. and I may, I said it with No Way Home and I ate crow, but I'm getting nervous with the amount of hype I, that's building I, up for this the, movie. The, I'll be honest with you. The the what's giving me comfort is Kevin Feige. The guy, I know. You know, yeah, yeah. I gotta I trust, trust him. It, which is also why I trust what, the Eternals. Will I think will look better in our rearview mirror? You know what I mean? Uh, what makes me nervous is Sam Raimi because you know I'm no fan of. Oh, his work. Well, he's well. fine. He's fine. You know what? So far, Phase Four, two fine movies, two stellar movies. Black Widow, yeah. fine. Shang Chi, yep, awesome, great. It did great. Introductory to your character with the bonkersness that we can be at in sure. phase four. Like, oh, there are dragons in this movie. Yeah. Who gives a shit? That's right. <laughs> Eternals. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, my God. When that shit comes out on streaming, holy shit. You know how many oh times I'm going to watch yeah, it? Yeah, well, that'll be a purchase on day one. <laughs> <laughs>